Hello, Mel. Hi. I press record just as you gulp down your I tea. I know. And I said I'm not allowed to drink my tea unless it's colder because I'll make horrible slurping noises. And I know that there are people that really don't like it when we're slurping. Oh, my God. The mouth noises <sighs> and swallowing before talking. Do you want me to show How you fucking... dare you have bodily functions, Mel and Josie? How fucking dare you? I know. We I'm can't breathe. You we can't breathe noises. for the next hour. <laughs> sorry about it. Not sorry at all. Um, I don't know why I'm so spicy today. Um, I'm just sick of people's shit. I'm sick of people's shit. I'm sick of bad reviews and reading them. And then someone actually, it was very meta. Someone was like, just listen to these two bitching about their bad reviews. <laughs> and I'm leaving another one. And I was like, <laughs> go away. No, I don't even fucking cry anymore. My thing is, I accept a bad review if it is con- not constructive, but like informative. Like if you're telling people, I really like investigative podcasts this is not an investigative podcast. It's a chatty one. Yeah. They're very relaxed. Mm-hmm. You may not like the way that they approach yes. crime and murder. Mm-hmm. At least that's kind of like you're doing this with a purpose. You're not yeah. just doing this to be a piece of shit. Yeah. Like would you like it if I walked up to you and was like, oh, well, your voice sounds like you swallowed a packet of cigarettes. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't fucking it's say that rude. shit to people. So fuck off. And if you don't like why would – I've listened to many podcasts that I haven't really liked, but then I've just because it's my own personal taste, I haven't bothered to leave a review. Oh God, no! I've just moved on with my life. I've only ever left good reviews for yeah. podcasts I fucking love, and yeah. I feel okay. So here's a perfect example of this, and we're going to stop talking about fucking reviews because we're not <laughs> obsessed. Are we obsessed? No, not at all. No. But we're fine. I'm we're, fine. I'm fucking fine. I'm, I'm fine. Fine. I'm super self-adjusted. Um, <laughs> I'm just sipping my lemon and ginger fine. tea, which Everyone's isn't fine. lemon and ginger tea. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, when I stayed at the Hotel Roosevelt in mm. America, so it's a – Is that the haunted one? Yeah. It's, it's historical. It's, it was known back in the day when I went in like 2010 or something for its pool parties. It was like peak like the hills oh, yes, days. Yeah. And they used to have these pool parties and all these D-grade celebs that I gave a shit about <laughs> would turn up. And I – so me and my friends, we booked it for that reason. We were like, we know Yay, that this Brody place. Yeah, Jenna might yeah, be there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yep. And I so get it. I feel it. The place was pretty like party central, like running in the corridors late at night. But it, right. that was the vibe. Like it was yeah. a nice hotel. Yeah. Nice beds, nice everything. But it was a party hotel. Yeah. And it had really average reviews on like TripAdvisor or something. And mm. I remember reading them before going and it was my first overseas trip and I was nervous and all this stuff. And, and then – realized when I was there that all the bad reviews were because it was like people like old couples or like couples that wanted to have a chill time yeah. or whatever didn't going and staying and then hating the yeah and like hating that there was like pool parties on all the time yeah. and there was a club in the building and yeah. all this shit and so I left this like five-star review being like you know you need to know that this mm. place is great but it's only great if you want to party if yes. you don't want to party do not stay here yeah and I was very proud, Josie, because I had like 15 people had upvoted it. Like uploaded you. you. But it's the thing, like I'll leave reviews like that where it's like I love this thing but FYI, which I've seen on some of our good reviews where it's like I like this but I know that there would be people that don't like this because of the way it's presented, the way the hosts are, the way they speak. Mm. That's fine. You don't have to like me. Mm. I don't really give a fuck if you don't like me. I totally give a fuck. I give a fuck. But I just don't, (laughs) I don't know. The whole reviewing thing. I don't like it. 
Well, you know, I think iTunes has cursed us. So. Yeah. I think someone in iTunes secretly hates us and I'm going to say it until the cows come home. I'll keep putting it down to the yeah. universe and one day they'll hear it and they'll just like blacklist us. <laughs> yeah, off, they'll just off remove iTunes. us straight away. Anyway, that's all I had. That's my tea for today. I'm drinking that's a tea. That's your tea. Didn't you say you were stressed? <laughs> I have so much tea today. Why am I so chatty today? I don't know. It's fine because I'm about to Yeah, chat. you're going to chat the whole time. So you... You go. Well, no, I was saying I was stressed because this is the first time Josie hasn't told me oh, yeah. what epi- what case she's doing. And like normally oh, people are playing, what are they doing? They're playing ping pong out on the balcony because there's no real bosses here at the moment. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like that weird day after Anzac Day before the weekend. Like limbo. So not many people are here. So they're like pool party. Rosa Bell. Yeah. Brody Jenner's here. Brody Jenner's running around shirtless. It's a real vibe here today. If you hear screaming, no one's being murdered, it's just ping pong. It's just a yeah. zesty game of ping pong. It's just a and little. that's fine. You know, it's no pool party with Brody Jenner, but it'll do. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I was stressed because I really don't like surprises. Oh. I hate surprises. I've many times forced people to tell me about a surprise yeah, they had right. organised for me because I just I actually don't enjoy it at all. I start getting really anxious and, like, it's I think it sparks my generalised anxiety oh, okay. disorder Fuck. real high. Sorry. So I was like, what's she doing? And my head was, like, going in circles about what cases it could be and I have no idea. Well, you I gave me just, nothing. I had never heard of it before, so you've probably never even heard mm. of it. And I think maybe that's why I was like, oh, I'm not going to explain it. Like, if I told you what I was doing, you'd be like, what's that? And then I'd have to give you a rundown. I just didn't want you to know that until I started doing it on here so basically I was like I feel like I've done a lot of New South Wales stuff you have um a lot of Tassie yes um so I thought let's branch out to WA oh amazing so I literally just googled Western Australian mysteries and that's how I came upon this love it I'd never heard of it in my life um and it's really mysterious I mean it is all Aussie mystery hour and it ticks all those boxes. It's Aussie. It's a mystery and might go for an hour. Great. Yeah. So it's a, it's about, I, can't, I don't really know what to call it, but it's about Ray and Jenny Kellett. Oh. Um, so I have to credit some articles because mm-hmm. that's what we do. So there's two articles by a journal called Liam Bartlett, who's on TV, but he also writes. So that they're both from Perth now. One on... <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to Digging do it Digging a little mitt into the donut. <laughs> I was trying to do packet. it. I was trying to do it so quietly and it just sounded really like, bad. <laughs> donut. I donut break. I wish we filmed that because I was doing it. You were like, it was like theatrically <laughs> like, you were like, do, 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 do. and then it was like. I also realised I'm going to have to like suck on the donut so I don't make chewing noises. Yeah, it's probably not the, we can have little no, donut breaks it. and I'll edit them no, out. No, I want it. I'm going to just, just have dip a it donut in my break. tea. I just and I'll it. edit it out. It's going to be all wet now. I'm so That's sorry. Really I'm gross. so sorry about this visual. Just eat it. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I'll just continue with my credits while you stuff your face. So two Liam Bartlett articles published in Perth now, one on May 2nd, 2015, and one on June 14th, 2015. Seven's Sunday night, you know, they're equivalent mm-hmm. to... Yeah, Whatever. 60 minutes. Yep. Um, their episode on the 10th of June, 2015. And an ABC News article by Sarah Talia 
Um, and it says updated 22nd of March 2018. Oh. So I'm not sure when it was originally published, okay. but it had that updated um, date on there. So this is a story about a couple who went prospecting in the gold fields. When was this? In 2015. Why would you do that? Which is so weird because obviously prospecting is like <laughs> it's like yeah, old timey. So I nearly did Lassiter's Reef, mm-hmm. which is another fabulous Australian mystery, but we'd just done Pine Gap and it felt a bit mm. samey in that it was like in the outback and a mysterious place. We do need to do it though. Yes, we'll so definitely good. do it. Um, and I know you've actually mentioned it, so like well, no, I, I also didn't. I also didn't want to snake it from you. Well, I unintentionally snaked Pine Gap from you. Well, not really. My brother had just that was his contribution to yeah. um, me going. Tell me a mystery to do, <laughs> um, and it was too heavy for me. Like I couldn't have done it. It's definitely I, your. How vibe. did I do it? Who knows? I know so much about the NSA. Do you know I had a conversation about Cold War <laughs> like three days after I did that? Someone brought up. I was watching The Americans, which I'm obsessed with Oh, now, yeah. And someone brought up the Cold War and I was like, oh, yeah, there was the pr- this this part of it with the Eastern Bloc and the Western Bloc. And then oh, wow. this, pri- this um, president or whatever it was was ousted and they're like, why do you know this? Like, you're not no, a person that knows this. You're a brain this. genius. Yeah, you are a See, you learn real things lady. from Aussie Mystery Hour. Yeah. Um, so I guess a bit of background on gold in WA. This is a... Just a brief history. I don't want to be boring history lecturer. Um, so there were several gold rushes in the late 1800s. In 1885 in the Kimberley region, the Yulgarn Gold Rush in 1887, the Murchison Gold Rush in 1891, Coolgardie, never heard of that place. I've been there. In Kalgoorlie. They're basically the same, the same. name. They've they're, just they're really gone, close yeah, too. Yeah, they've just gone, mm, I'll just change a few letters here. <laughs> so there was a gold rush in 1892 in Coolgardie and 1893 in Kalgoorlie. Um, and so people came all from all around the world to try their luck because there was just like a lot of gold happening in these places. Um, according to Wikipedia, which I didn't credit, but I've just credited it now. So mm-hmm. that's fine. The population in WA in 1891 was 49,782 people, but by 1895 it had doubled. Like that's how many people were coming. Mm. Um, And then it kind of declined in the early 1900s. There was like new technology. So then there was another mini boom in the 20s and then it declined again kind of during the war because like everyone fucked off to fight in the war. So it was a shortage shortage of labour and higher production costs. And then after the 1950s, other minerals became more in demand and the mining industry changed. Now gold's only 2% of the mining industry Mm. in WA. But there's definitely still these amateur prospectors out there who go and like try and strike gold for themselves and just make like a personal fortune rather than for a big Mm. mining company. So that's because I was like prospectors, but yep, they're still out there. I literally had no idea that was still a thing that you could even do. Yes. Like how do you do it? Are you going to tell me how you do it? I'm going to tell you. Right. Yeah. So um, first I'll tell you about the Kellets. So Raymond Kellett was 47 years old and his wife was 49. It was their second marriage, both of them. They had adult children. Jenny's kids, Brittany, Kelly and Darcy, and Ray had two daughters named Charmaine and Melanie. The Kellets lived in Beverly, a small town about 130 kilometres east of Perth, which I looked on Google Maps is about an hour and a half away, driving. So in March 2015, they decided to go prospecting. They were pretty outdoorsy people. 
experienced campers. They went fishing and did all that kind of stuff. But prospecting was kind of a new thing that a workmate of theirs named Graham Milne had got them into. Um, He had kind of come to their property, they had a big property, and shown them how to prospect there which kind of involves like you need a lot of equipment. I'm not going to go into the nitty-gritty. I don't think anyone needs to know You need equipment and certain things to like, you know, metal detectors and like there's a lot of old mine shafts in the area. So the goldfields area is like the size of France. It's fucking huge. Yeah. And it's really dangerous because there's a lot of old mine shafts. I saw so many signs for mm. this when I was out there. Like you, you don't walk, like you can walk. In areas, obviously, mm. but then especially just on the outskirts of places like Kalgoorlie and stuff, yeah. where you have like there's signs everywhere being like open mine mm. shafts, like be careful. So they're everywhere, and so he kind of taught them how to abseil down into those, and Whoa. yeah, and he had all the equipment and everything like that. So they, Graham, the friend, and yeah. Ray, they did the research and picked an area near Sandstone. So Sandstone's 700 kilometers northeast of Beverly, where they lived. Yeah. Um, really remote area they thought maybe some gold could have been missed by people because it just wasn't like a popular area so they decided to go there they all kind of set off together Um, they were well equipped they departed Beverly on March the 19th 2015 they took two cars trailers a quad bike they had a rifle Um, Jenny and Ray took their beloved dog Ella a great Dane Um, but they didn't tell people where they were going because, like, the whole point of prospecting is, like, you keep it secret yes, in case you do. Lasseter's reef style. Um, in case you do find this big kind of gold area, you don't want people to know. But I was telling mum about this because I was researching on the weekend and I was like, it's weird to me that they wouldn't tell their own kids because, like, the kids are hardly going to snipe their, mm, <laughs> their but gold find. it's their second marriage. Yeah. Were they a bit like, will the kids tell their father slash mother? And then maybe their ex-relationships were like a bit, you know, how's your father? Not so great. Maybe. Um, Darcy told the Sunday night program, they didn't tell us. It was all very hush-hush in typical prospecting fashion. The idea of not giving away the secret spots is reasonably high priority. His sister Kelly added, I think because prospecting, you don't want people to know where your big thing is. You know, if you found the million dollar payload, you're not going to be telling anybody else about it. So the family, they just kind of didn't expect to really hear from them. They went off on their trip. Um, Graham Milne actually left the Kellets up in Sandstone on March the 22nd at about 3am because he had to go back to work in Beverly. So he left them and drove back. So it was all fine. No one heard anything. No one was worried It wasn't until about a week later that anybody knew anything was amiss. And that was because Ella, the dog, was found wandering near Mm. Sandstone Caravan Park, hungry and dehydrated. It was about 30 kilometres from their campsite, so she walked all that way. The people that found her took her to the nearest vet to check her microchip and, like, tracked it back to an address in Beverly, contacted them, and the kids were like, that's our parents' dog. Um, and that's when they became quite alarmed because they said Ella was always by their side, like they're obsessed with this dog. So rangers were sent to investigate the Kellett's campsite. They found it intact, no sign of struggle, but it was deserted. And some of the prospecting equipment was unaccounted for. Mm. Um, Ray's loaded rifle was found on the back seat of his unlocked car. And there was also a discarded can of pepper spray near the site. Oh, that's not good. 
So on March the 30th, um, 2015, the Kellets officially became classed as missing persons and police, the SES, the DFES, Department of Fire and Emergency Services, I think, and local volunteers mounted a search. They only covered about 11 square kilometres by land. So they searched all the old mine shafts in the area. On April the 8th, 2015, skeletal human remains were found down a some people say 12, some people say 15 metre mine shaft, and that was about two kilometres from the campsite. But police said they didn't believe that these bones were connected to the couple's disappearance because they were too far composed, oh, decomposed. Were they? <laughs> but then nine days after that discovery, forensic tests confirmed that the bones okay. <laughs> were indeed the severely decomposed remains of Ray Kellett. Okay, well, I'm glad. I'm yeah. not glad, but I was like... I hope we're not going to just like forget about this. Yeah, it's just a random set of bones. They're like, not them, moving on. Yeah, so Um, they were pretty adamant that it wasn't him and then it was. Uh, Brittany, Jenny's daughter, told Sunday night, we found out from the news. We were waiting for a phone call, but the news said it first. That's so shit. It was his bones. So fucked. How does that happen? I suppose it's just because news reporters are on site at the same time. So if the police don't get on the phone immediately. Yeah, but usually it's like... They'll never release any information until next of kin's being told. So it's really fucked that the news had that first. Yeah. They should have been told. So he was found down a mine shaft with no shirt on, his wallet empty and without his prospecting equipment. But police said that no foul play was suspected. How mm-hmm. do you what? I feel like I just keep doing cases where it's like the police have done the wrong thing. <laughs> it's like our secret yeah. mission is to just. Yes, we're subliminally saying. That Fuck the police. No, we're not. We're, <laughs> we're not. really not. We're not. I love the police. It's not my Some fault that we keep doing stories where they happen to be where shit. Where they've just kind of stuffed up a bit. Hey, we've done somewhere where they were really cool. Oh. Like Malat. I was about to say like Daniel Morco. Yeah. <laughs> that was not us. That was Case File. Listen to it. It's a great episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Jenny's son Darcy adds that he thinks it was really bizarre that Ray's gun was found loaded because Ray was really fastidious about safety. He mm-hmm. even like locked the rifle cabinet after mm. he left on this trip just because that's what he was like. So he told Sunday night, for him to leave a rifle unboxed, loaded on a seat in the back of the car is 100% out of character. To me, it would indicate that he was intending to fire the weapon. Mm. So it's painting a bit of a picture. Oh, well, yeah, the pepper spray made me yes. sauce as well. Yeah. So police disagreed saying they didn't find the scene suspicious in and of itself, like the scene at the campsite. Darcy also pointed out that the way Ray was found raised alarm bells for him, saying he was found without a shirt on. In the whole time I've known him, I've not known him to be outside without a shirt on. Again, he's safety first, you know, he's not going to do that. For him to be kilometres away from his camp on foot with no shirt on is enormously strange. Yeah, kilometres away is very weird. Like 500 metres away maybe, you're drunk maybe, you go for a wander with your shirt off. Yeah. Into the wilderness. Shirts off time. Yeah, it was like two kilometres is like a hefty stroll. Yeah, and I, I, the shirtless thing and the safety thing, I don't personally go, oh, that's definitely a thing, but mm. I'm also not his fucking kid. So. Yeah. But the kilometres away yeah. is weird. And the rifle thing, 100%. Yes. Because I just I, – I, the one thing I know about rifles, <laughs> as someone who knows nothing about rifles, yeah. is that you don't just leave them, like, loaded – and ready to go mm. all the time. Yes, that's true. That's the thing that I know. Facts only. Facts anyway, only. Sorry, keep going. Um, also, I forgot to add that the 
quad bike was found like 500 metres from the campsite, Mm. which is just a tidbit of information. And again, 500 metres isn't super far and could be explained away, but when you put it all together... yeah. It kind of just looks a bit weird, but the police are like, no, no, nothing to see here. A local also told this journo, Liam Bartlett, that the mine shaft where Ray was found had a road right next to it, like a trail, so you could drive a truck right up to it. Mm. So it wasn't like one that was just in the middle of nowhere. Mm. It actually had like a a road next to it. Just another tidbit to keep in your mind. There's a lot of tidbits going on. Mm -hmm. Can we rehash all the tidbits at some point? Yeah, we'll, we'll rehash them at the end when we talk about what we think okay, went good. on. So then the search for Jenny ramped up. Searches covered over 600 square kilometres. They'd only done 11. Yep. They did 600 square kilometres by air and land, checking every mine shaft in the area that they could find. Of course, there's probably a lot of hidden ones that they couldn't find, but the working theory was from the police was that perhaps Ray fell into the mine shaft he was found in and then Jenny frantically went to get help, became disoriented because the land is very samey, like it's mm. it's very flat and yep. then you could kind of walk around the circle and then be like, yeah, where I am exactly I? Exactly where you're, t- the kind of vibe yeah. I've been places. Like, I'll put a photo actually yeah. in a group of an area that looks exactly like that that I've been to. That would be great to give people <laughs> an idea of, of you, how it looks. <laughs> Thank you, Mel. Um but to this day, no trace of Jenny has ever been found. What? So What? Yeah. They never found anything. Like everything I've said is all that they've found. You know, the pepper spray, the quad bike being five hundred metres away. It's just very strange that if I'm probably jumping ahead, but if Ray was prospecting in that mine shaft or near that mine shaft, why didn't he have a shirt on or any equipment? Mm. Like it's just very fishy. Um, so Jenny's family became frustrated at the way police were treating the case as not suspicious. Yes. So as you would. Yes. <laughs> According to Liam Bartlett in the June 14 Perth Now article, Jenny's ex-husband Jim Keegan's went out in the early days to help with the search and help to pack up the campsite. They clearly had a pretty good relationship because he's pretty fired up about everything. He offered items of Jenny's to police in case they needed her DNA on file. So he had like hairbrush, toothbrush, other personal effects. Police said they didn't need it. The article says, I'm just quoting the article directly, weeks later about May 1st, um, Jim visited major crime and offered the box of belongings, which was casually sorted by an officer who then told him to take it home. It wasn't until May 14th that a forensic team was sent to his home and clinically tested samples and took photographs of the box's contents. What? So they just allowed searchers, her ex-husband, to go to the campsite and just pack it up. Like they didn't properly treat it as a potential crime scene or anything like that. So there's heaps of – there's a good chance that things have been lost, like evidence has been lost. And they didn't decide until like – May and this happened in late March because it might like, be important. Well, that's it because even like a shirt or mm. some, this random like mm-hmm. piece of jewellery or something that someone was like, oh, this is sentimental or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like people like her ex-husband or whatever mm. could take something mm. just innocently. Yes, and it could be really but important. But there could have been like a DNA sample on it yeah. or something. And, and apparently, I didn't write this down but I've remembered it, apparently it had rained and there were no tracks or footprints at mm. the site when the police first got there, except for the dogs. 
The dog had kind of walked no all around it. No tracks or footprints? No. How? I don't know. That's creepy as well. Yeah. Um, so Jim Keegan said to Liam Bartlett in his May, May 2nd, 2015 article, there's two articles, it's a bizarre set of circumstances. Why would we find Ray and have absolutely no trace of Jenny? It's beyond belief and without thinking there's a third party involved somehow, somewhere, we struggle to believe it's simply an accident. Me too, Jim. Me too. So obviously police questioned Graham Milne, who was the friend that went with them and left on the 22nd. He was the last person to see them alive. He didn't speak to the media at the time and a lot of people read into that as Mm. him being sus and having Mm. something to do with it. Police insisted he'd been cooperative and wasn't considered a suspect. Um, So Brittany, Jenny's daughter, told Sunday night about Graham they were all very close friends. Graham is a very nice man. They'd meet, at, they'd met at work and they just became great friends, you know. He would come out here all the time. He was the one who taught them to prospect out on their property. So Graham finally spoke to the media for the first time in that same episode mm. of Sunday Night, which aired in June. He says of the incident, um, the last day he saw them was March 21st. He said Jen was cooking breakfast and the dog bolted again. And then Ray got his bike and I gave Jen my quad so that they could round it up. They went in two different directions. And I I went and cleaned up camp and then that morning I went prospecting. So that kind of could explain why one quad bike was I was away. just about to say, I was like, this is interesting. Does this line up with mm. what happened? Yeah. So he told Sunday night that he was gone all day prospecting and arrived back at camp in the early hours of the morning on March the 22nd. He said nothing seemed amiss. The dog was sleeping next to the Kellett's tent, which was set up on the back of their trailer. He said, I assume they are in bed in the tent on the top of their trailer. You don't go knocking on somebody's tent early hours of the morning. It's not, it's just not done. Mm. Um, so Graham said of everything, it's just sheer hell. It's just, I think about them every day. Just something I hope never, ever happens to anybody else. And I ha- didn't watch the episode. I got the transcript. Yeah. But there's like he's cry- there's a photo of him crying. Yeah. Um, and as they asked him like how he feels about people speculating that he's involved and he said, I can't stop people drawing their own conclusions. You're going to get that. It doesn't matter what. People are just going to say things. Well, they can keep saying them. It doesn't matter. They don't know. And when they find Jen, we'll know what happened. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, I don't – yeah, anyway, we'll come to that later. We'll come to it. It's not weird, weird. It's just sort of like – It's a bit of a weird statement. It's a strange statement, yeah. Um, though police originally said Ray's death wasn't suspicious, they've kind of backtracked on that. So in October 2015, so like, what, six months, a bit more, after it happened, police asked anyone who had seen a white Toyota Hilux in the area at the time of Jenny's disappearance to come forward. They also searched a property in the southern Perth suburb of Medina – And a 63-year-old man was questioned but not charged and he's never been named. Um, And then two and a half years after Ray's death and Jenny's disappearance in October 2017, WA police offered up a $250,000 reward for anyone with any info that could help solve the case. In a press conference, WA Police Minister Michelle Roberts said... At this point in time, the advice that I've now received from those in police is that putting out a significant reward of up to $250,000 may help solve this baffling case. I think if we can solve this crime, it will not only put their relatives and friends at some kind of peace, but it will also, I think, give some peace of mind to West Australians to know that whoever has been involved, if there has been foul play, is brought to account. So they're kind of like 
now they're not saying this is definitely foul play, but they're like now finally admitting that it's very sus. Yeah, and like it doesn't look of, like a natural accident has happened. Yeah, and like they're hinting at like maybe you were kind of involved, but not really. Yes. So the police still won't call Ray's death a murder. Police Commissioner Chris Dawson, worst name <laughs> ever. Worst name <laughs> at the moment ever. He did say during this press conference, the campsite was 26 kilometres north of Sandstone. It's about the most remote area you could find on the planet. I don't think so. But no. It's up there. There are not many people who would have been in that area at that time. We need to know who was there, what they were doing there, who they spoke to and what information they know. The death of Ray is being regarded as a suspicious death and homicide squad are involved. You can join those dots together. So they still won't say homicide, but they've but suspicious. Said well, it. and it's like they're probably just keeping it open because it could come out that it was like mm. an accidental co- death that was covered up or something. Yeah. I mean, it is pretty remote. Like I can imagine that I've never been there, mm. but if you're talking northeast 700 kilometres mm. away from the outskirts of Perth, mm. that's that wouldn't be Pilbara yet, would it? But it would be pretty remote. Yeah, it's like pretty much, you know, the fat bit? I'm kidding. <laughs> it's just kind of like smack bang in the middle northeast. Yeah. Well, that's like the, area that's the of most WA. deserty area. And even the Pilbara is like, see how I'm saying Pilbara, Pilbara now? look at you. Not Pilbara. Pilbara, Pilbara. Um, she can't get enough of it. Can't get enough of it. Pilbara, Pilbara, Pilbara. <laughs> um, it, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So it's like still... Even the Pilbara, which is quite populated with miners and mining business going on and whatever, Mm. is still pretty – you could get to some spots where it would take hours to get there from the nearest town. Yeah. And the nearest town still isn't very populated. So Mm. I get kind of this – Yeah. Like it's like the the pool of suspects Mm. would have to be small. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I feel like I'm about to jump ahead so you keep going. No, it's good. It's actually – there's not actually that much to it. Okay, good. It's good to talk. But Sandstone itself only has 100 people living Mm -hmm. there. Like apparently there were more back in the day when it was booming. But now it's just really, really tiny town and they were just visiting there. So it's like, you know, there's probably – other people visiting the area that come and go and can get away with things maybe. Well, and it's just that kind of estate, WA, mm. where it's so, vast. it's so vast and there's, you know, huge swathes of it with like, you know, no real, like not a lot of reception. Mm. And it is literally like going, when I was in, in the NT and WA, it was like going back decades or something. Mm. In the sense that obviously you had internet and stuff. It's not like they're like (laughs) living archaically or anything. But when you're driving, Mm. you'd just be driving with no reception the whole time pretty much. And then when you get to the next town, you'd get reception. So it was fine because you were never too far from reception. Yeah, but it's a bit scary. But it is a bit scary. And I know that they were If you blew a tyre in that spot where there was no reception, it's just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And, I mean, it's still fine in certain ways like – They've got, you know, phones you can use to call and they'll have like these little spots that have Wi-Fi along the way Mm. and things like that. But still, I guess what I mean is that you could run into someone sus Mm. or someone sus could follow you from somewhere, Mm -hmm. murder you Mm -hmm. and then be on their way in any number of directions. And it's because it's so wide and expansive, Mm. it would be pretty hard to track them down. Yeah, it's got vibes of like 
Peter Falconio and Joanne. Yeah. How they got followed and then he was able to just disappear into the night. Yeah. It's very scary. I think because I've always just lived in New South Wales, which is so populated, yeah. the East Coast, it's just eerie to me that you can just go somewhere and there's no – even sometimes when I go on a hike, I'm oh like, God. I could never yes. do this by myself. Remember that book and then movie with Reese Witherspoon? Yeah, Wild. Wild. I just thought – Never. Oh, my fucking God. You're just a woman and women are inherently more vulnerable. We just are. You can be as feminist as fuck. You're still mm. more vulnerable. By unless yourself, you're like an MMA fighter. Unless you're Ronda Rousey. Or, or, or Captain Marvel. <laughs> um, just walking by yourself for like hundreds of kilometres. Yes. Like I get freaked out when I'm with Julian because I'm like, what's behind that tree? What's behind that? If you think yeah. about it too much, you oh, could God, get yeah. really freaked out. One of Julian's mates loves to solo hike and I'm just like – what if you fell down there? Like there'd be yeah. no one. I do. I've done like, I did some weird shit on my trip. I did this one where it was a roadside stop on the highway that runs through the Kimberley, really remote. Mm. So like even more remote than like the Stewart because the Stewart is right down the middle mm-hmm. from Darwin to Adelaide. So there's a lot of trucks on that. Whereas yeah. on the one across the Kimberley, it's like even more remote because like not as many people are going on it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there was a roadside stop where, there was a walk to this tree that had been marked. It was this big boab tree Mm. and it had been marked by explorers in like 1830, whatever, who knows. (laughs) And I wanted to go see it. I needed a rest anyway. So I parked the car. I'm the Mm. only one in the car park. Mm. And then I start walking and it's just this long path through the bush and it's so – empty and quiet that like I could hear like things running off into the like they'd obviously been like foraging for food on the edges of it and no one had been there and I thought fuck if someone was following me they could stop and follow me down here and no one would know yeah like I'd no one would find me for ages yeah it was terrifying so yeah definitely know what you mean that's why I was scared the whole time you were away I don't know how your parents slept for that entire (laughs) three months because I barely did yeah you're not even my child um So, yeah, it was just, I guess they're figuring because it isn't like Sydney, there's a good chance people that were around at that time might know something. And that's why they put the money up because I think those kind of small communities are very insular. Mm -hmm. They keep things quiet. You know, we've done a few mysteries where we're like, someone here knows something, Mm -hmm. but just hasn't said. The Victoria Cafaso Mm -hmm. comes to mind. And I think that they, they just thought by giving money... You know, as a reward, then maybe they could coax someone to come forward and yeah. point a finger at someone. But that was in 2017 and nothing, nothing. yet, no dice. Um, a local sandstone woman named Beth Walton spoke to the ABC. She said, I think the people in the town, they want closure for Jenny's children, but also for the town, we just like to know what happened. People talk about it all the time and people that come to the town, they sort of think that locals have some sort of knowledge, which of course we don't. Okay, mm. Beth. Sure, Um, Beth. Sure, Jan. (laughs) Um, And there's a small, apparently there's a small tribute at the local pub to the couple. Mm. Um, So in 2017, the family made a statement. The last two years have seen our family caught in an agonising and exhausting limbo, desperate for answers and for closure. We are thankful that the police are still actively pursuing answers for our family and hope that the offer of a reward may bring together missing pieces of our family's tragedy we urge anyone with information to please come forward and bring our family some peace but jenny has 
to this day, never been found. And I'm just never like, where did she go? What really happened to Ray? So it's, that's kind of all there is to it. Mm. Um, but it is like I was reading it. I'm like, this is really weird. Yeah. It's what do you super think happened? Weird. What's your theory? I think it must be some kind of gold-related dispute. Oh, okay. I reckon they might have found some money or, you know, stumbled on someone else's find. Yeah. And maybe right. So basically, this this journo Liam Bartlett is quite um, quite the bullish journo. You can mm-hmm. tell like he he wrote the articles he wrote are both. I didn't want to name them because I didn't want to give away the story. Yeah. But they're both like, you know, ones like the disappearance doesn't make sense, and the other ones called like the failings of the major crime squad. Like he's really <laughs> yeah, like, he's like very... they're almost like opinion pieces. Yeah. Um, and he like point blank asked the cops like. And I think the Sunday Night Journal did too. Like, was uh, Ray shot? And the cop said no. Was he burned? He mm. said no. But they couldn't confirm or deny whether he'd been pushed in or not. But he didn't have any equipment. He didn't have any absailing equipment. So it's I either like, like he fell or he was in. pushed, or he was driven there in the truck. Oh, and thrown down. And thrown down because he was quite decomposed. Then you couldn't find yeah, stab like, wounds or sh- anything. Yeah. Well, they wouldn't have been. They would have found. Bullet. Yeah, bullets. Sometimes stab wounds can be found because of nicks on the bone. Mm. But really, like, if he'd, you know, someone had smashed his head in, that would be consistent with a fall. Yeah. So it's really mysterious. And the fact that he was so decomposed, I haven't really explained that. I couldn't find much Do you reckon that would be the heat, though? Is it hot, like... Is it super hot down there or is it cooler because it's... I mean, it would be cooler down there, but yeah. that area is like fucking yeah. brutal. I went so to Marble like, Bar. Like wor- was he outside <sighs> decomposing and then his remains were put <sighs> in there? That's interesting. You know? Yeah. Like later. Because they didn't find those for a few days. Those remains weren't found till the 8th of April. And there was... Which was about a week after they were reported missing. Yeah. And so... Their buggy was 500 metres from side. Yeah. Near, the, near that mine or not near the mine? There's a map somewhere. Let me see if I can find it. I'll put it in. The map was really small. And did they it, had a car and the was car was still of, at the site? I believe that the buggy was found kind of between the area that the dog was found, mm-hmm. the campsite, which was like a good distance away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was at the caravan park. And their campsite, the buggy was between those two things. But I think the mine was in the other direction. Like the buggy wasn't near the mine where he was found. Okay, right, right, right. So it was all kind of disjointed. And then there was this equipment that was missing, which was basically like a metal detector, a GPS thing, something else. And they thought Jenny might have taken that. But then this Liam Bartlett, he's like, she was tiny. She was like 54 kilos, short. Like, why would she take all this heavy equipment if Ray had fallen and she was going to get help? She yeah. wouldn't be, like, lugging the bloody no. metal detector with her. So mm. there's something weird. And that equipment belonged to Graham. I have two theories. Um, and I don't want to, like, sit here going, Graham did it because... No, I'm not going to... Um, no. That's defamation. But then part of me is like, well, you know, what if they all found something together? You know, a lot of gold. Yeah. Um. And also, like, it seems so weird to me that he was gone all day and then just happened to be the last person that saw them, you know. Yeah. Just, but police are Wait, insisting Graham had nothing to do with it. Left them in sand 
at the sandstone. <laughs> sandstone. At the campsite. So the campsite itself was about 30 kilometres away. And he went back to sandstone. He went back to their hometown, 700 oh. kilometres away. And so he did that, well, allegedly. Allegedly. When did he have an alibi at any point? I'm not sure. Like they've, yeah. they've ruled him out. Well, then he must have an he alibi. Because that's alibi. what I was going to say was if they've ruled him out, surely yeah. he had an alibi for the timing that they think But if he's happened. the last person that saw them alive yeah. and he's saying, oh, they're alive on the 21st and How that's only his know? word, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's true. So there must be stuff they're not telling us, which is fair. Like yeah. it's yeah. an active investigation. They might be withholding details from the public, but there's something about that and – before he spoke to the media, like Jim Keegan's, who's Jenny's ex-husband, mm-hmm. she he said, I didn't include it in this because Graham ended up talking to the media, but Jim was a bit like, I'd like to know what he has to say about mm-hmm. all of this. Mm-hmm. Which is understandable. Yeah. And like even Graham said that he in that mm-hmm. statement, how it was understandable that people yes, were would think looking that. to him. And they were like camped outside his house and all this kind of stuff he was yeah. saying. Um, yeah. And like hassling his family and... You know, if he had nothing to do with it, then it's just his two friends. One's gone missing, one's dead. Like he's just upset and there's people outside his house. An awful thing to be accused of murder. Mm. Like it's always the the sort of not fear, it's not my constant fear to be accused of murder, but like, <laughs> you know, it it's an awful thing that usually you have Wrongfully, to question the people yeah. that know them the yeah. most and the closest and mm. consider them suspects before you branch out to randoms because yeah. it usually is someone that knows you. Yeah. But then how awful it's when it's not you. Yeah. It's always the husband. Um, what are your theories? Well, I had this wild theory. Aliens? And I don't want to – no. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Maybe. Little men in the ground, 1850s men. Yes. Put there by Pine Gap. <laughs> um, could Jenny have done a runner? Mm-hmm. Because Maybe. I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, money makes people weird. Mm-hmm. And – I don't really know much about their relationship, mm. where they were at and stuff. I probably should have included that. They were very happy okay. by all accounts. And like says everyone. But says like, everyone. You can seem happy. Mm. This is my issue that I do have sometimes with those things is it's like that whole thing with he seemed like such a nice guy yes. until he shot his whole fucking family. Yeah. And it's like I understand where that comes from. I mm-hmm. really do understand that. It would be if, like, if you suddenly murdered Julian and your yep. cats, I'd be like, what the fuck? Oh I never God. saw this coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've never seen an mm. element. And people often, you know, mm-hmm. present differently to their outside world than they do to their direct family. Mm. So it's natural for a lot of people to go, he seemed like such a nice mm. guy because maybe he's just a polite guy. You know what it reminds me of? Yeah. Elma Crawford, which was a case yes. you surprised me with because I didn't know what it was. Yeah. you're just like, remember you were going to do something else that yep. day and then you just fucking threw Elma Crawford out yeah. there. And we were talking about how everyone was like, oh, my God, we didn't think, you know, he was such a nice yeah. guy. And then we made the point that you're hardly going to be at work going, yeah, I might kill my family this weekend. <laughs> Um, or even just things that could happen in the moment, like we talk a lot about, um, you know, the rumour, the strong rumour around John Bonet Ramsey mm-hmm. is that Burke, her brother, accidentally killed her mm-hmm. in play. Yes. Which I could totally see happening. Because you nearly killed Kate I was a horrible times. psychopath to my yeah. sister when I was a kid, when we were kids. But, you know, that those scenarios that are less sort of soulless and mm, more an of accident. an unintentional yeah. fuck something's gone wrong fuck it's going to look bad 
now we're going to cover it I up. I would have fuck off mm. kind of thing. But then she has kids. So then I yes. think. Yeah, a lot of people made that point. She was like. It's very Lynn Dawson yeah. vibes of, mm. well, if Lynn was just running away to mm-hmm. start a new life, but she loved her kids. Yeah. Like I'm kind of, yeah. there's, that, there's that thing there because I go, okay, the, the buggy's near between where the dog's found and the mm. camp. So did she take the dog on the buggy, left the dog? Mm. I need to find that map. You know, and that sort of thing. And then there's, you know, there's bits of equipment missing She's never been found. There's been no trace of her anywhere. No trace. Um, it's very, I don't know, there's an element of me that goes, mm, did she do something? Or did something random happen and she panicked? So, but then like, you know, I don't want to like put that on her, you know, potentially dead. Oh, here we go. This is interesting. I've looked at the map. Okay. So it's basically all in a line. So the bottom, if you can picture... The bottom location is the campsite, their last known location. Then just above that's the quad bike. Mm-hmm. Then above that is Ray Kellett mm-hmm. found in a mine shaft. Then above that is the dog being sighted. Interesting. So it's a linear kind of thing. I thought the Ray was like two kilometres the other way. Yeah. But he was two kilometres towards the dog sighting area in the town. The thing... Also with Jenny, mm. like because I feel bad because I feel like I'm like being like she's she's the murderer and I'm not saying that. It's more that that's in, just an interesting kind of mm. element that she's there's no, no trace. trace. But yeah. as we know with Peter Falconio, mm-hmm. that kind of a terrain, like harsh Australian outback, yep. shitloads of places to hide a body, shitloads of places to bury people, yeah. you know. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's every chance that somebody pushed Ray down a mine mm took off with Jenny, left the dog um, yep. and then, you know, killed her at some other point yeah. or somewhere else. Yeah. There's totally yeah. that and option he, as and well. And, you know, the rifle was loaded. There was pepper spray. Maybe there was some kind of threat yeah. to them. But then that Ray loads, Ray loads the rifle, then shit goes down and they're both taken elsewhere. That's fascinating. It's like it's one of those things where I so want to know what happened. Yeah. It's anything that's it's like. really just fucking bizarre that's what it is bizarre cases where there's really massive holes Mm -hmm. like like if if they found jenny's body as well yes well that's i think that's what graham meant yeah he meant when they find jen they'll figure it out because that's like the missing piece is like okay well if she's been murdered then maybe would point towards Ray. Yeah, like wherever she... Ray might have done it and then thrown himself into a shaft or someone did that and then they pushed Ray or yeah. it might connect it all together. I think that's what Graham meant, but it kind of came off a yeah, bit... Yeah, it came off weirder than it A bit weird. Be. And I get that because I suppose if they found Jenny in a different spot, it could, like, obviously Graham's been cleared for some reason that mm. maybe we're not, we're not aware of. But if they found Jenny up north somewhere where mm. like graham couldn't be because of couldn't the timings there, of something yeah. i don't know you know it's so oh yeah it's i really want to know weird. it's really weird and i just was literally like wa mysteries and then i fell into this rabbit hole of oh, sorry that was awkward for ray oh yeah i fell into a trance of reading about yes this because it just doesn't make any sense and i feel f- for the family so much and there are so many holes because it's like the 21st of march was the last time they were reported to be seen, according to Graham. And then the dog wasn't found till like the 28th or 29th. Mm. So there's, there's so many 
gap, like this a week where anything could have happened. Yes, and that's the thing is when the last person to be seen is this one person who is a, was a suspect, sorry, mm. it it does make you go, when did something happen? Yeah. What timeline are we looking at here? Because yeah. how can you – I don't know. But the dog thing reminds me a lot of Patty Moriarty. Have you listened to Lost in Larimer? Never okay, listened you would to really it. like it. So Maybe I'll listen to it next. Yeah. So Lost in Larimer is basically – covers a case that only happened a couple of years ago. I think it was in 2017 even that it happened. Mm. And this guy, old guy, went missing from this tiny town mm. that I've been to the tiny town. It's fucking tiny. There's like five people living there. Oh, my God. And basically it men- means that everyone in town's a suspect. And yeah. um, I've forgotten the girl that does it. But um, she interviewed everyone. She, she did a writer's retreat there. Right. Back in the day, okay. met all these people, went back, yeah. questioned everybody and – uncovered all these little inter-town issues with each other. And it was, again, the sort of thing where people can present great to Mm. the wider public, people that don't know them, but then there's always like underlying things. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to murder someone, but it does make you go, well, it's not as cut and dried as everyone's happy and everyone's having a great time. Yeah. But he, his dog got found. So right. his dog came back or was found and he wasn't. Right. And there was all this talk of it was ages later. Oh, there's the police. <laughs> Coming to get us <laughs> for, for defaming, defaming Graham. Graham and Jenny. <laughs> and Jenny. Uh, anyway, yeah, no, it's just the dog thing. It made yeah. me think about. Oh, blessed Ella. And, like, if Ella hadn't been found, when would the family have raised the alarm yes because they were just like oh we're not going to see them for a while yeah they're off doing that um i read in one of the articles that they all worked with graham at a mine like yeah. at a mine like a mining company yeah but then i couldn't that it said that it was like ages of like 14 hours away from where they lived so i don't know if he'd um, listed the right they could have been that's yeah. what I thought, but I couldn't find a confirmation, so I didn't include it. And yeah. It wasn't super important, but yeah. he did mention that, like, Ray was really, like, the safety man mm. and learnt everything from working in the mines and always had, like, a chain around his belt so mm. that if he did kind of get lost, he would make a drag mark with the chain in the mm. dirt and then he could find his way back that way. That's and he was really found smart. without that. Yeah. So they're like, he wouldn't have walked off without that because he's no. really like about it. And I get that. If he was really particular, mm. it doesn't make any sense for him to have just mm. had an accident that no one else knew about. So yeah. that's what I mean is I like. Know. It's really sad mm. and scary. I'm like freaked out. Well, I think that the moral of the story is don't go looking for gold. Don't leave the house. <laughs> don't <laughs> go anywhere. Don't go down the street, don't go looking for gold, don't swim off Cheviot Beach. Always. Don't go to Pine Gap. I think the rule is always wrap a chain around your waist yes. at all times yeah. and drag it behind you <laughs> to make marks so yeah. people know where you are. And people can hear you. But then people will know where you are and they might catch you. Yeah, or if you're Harold Holt, that will just make you drown. Maybe that's what he was doing, safety first. He had a chain oh, around and his he was na- like, neck. And- this was a mistake. <laughs> um <laughs> that was sort of a calm way to finish that episode. Oh, well, we can talk about something more lighthearted. Like our live show. Like our live that's show. That's happening on Friday. 
Yes. How fucking is it's this fucking week, it's Mel. It's this week. It's this week. I'm Are right now, vomit? I'm, I'm not vomit. prepared, but on Tuesday I may be slightly prepared. Yeah, I'm planning I'm more to concerned about my weekend. outfit than I am about Honestly, the actual case Honestly, I've put so point. much thought into, like, what I'm going to wear and then <laughs> I keep one, wor- worrying. Ugh. I keep worrying that I'll just, like, sit down on stage in my cute outfit and be like, oh, fuck, I forgot to prepare. But we all know I won't do that because no, I'm you'll Ms. Be Research. heavily prepared. Ms. Google Doc, Mr. 2019. Google um, I have so many fucking clothes that I have no <laughs> need to buy anything. I know, but none of them are right. It's not right. It's not right. Even anyway. my mum was like, you know, it's a live show. You need to be slightly dressed up. Yeah, a bit tizzed. Bit tizzed, but not too tizzed. No, that's the thing. Well, I went too tizzed at one point. I sent you a dress, and you were like, "No." That was a it was dramatic, like a floor-length, like, sparkly black. Like you might wear that to the Golden Globes. It if was you were going. cool. I thought it was going to be like cool vibes, like Luke and everyone, yeah. whatever. The point being, the live show is on Friday. I know you mm-hmm. don't give a shit about what we're wearing. It's at seven thirty p.m. Giant Dwarf Redfern tickets are available at GiantDwarf.com.au. They're twenty bucks. Or on the door on the night, aren't they? Yeah, I think so, but But we just don't know because we're really like it's starting to get fine. Like I dream of us selling it out, but at the very least we're going to come close-ish. Yeah, we've definitely only got a few tickets left to sell. Yeah, and there's a whole bunch of people that are going solo Yes. You don't know anyone and yep. they've all banded together to meet beforehand for a drink, yep. make some new mates and then yeah. head in. So don't feel too shy to come if you're coming by yourself. Yeah. Um, if you want to know about that meetup, join the All Aussie Mystery Hour podcast group on Facebook mm-hmm. because I think it's the sticky post at the top of the group. It is. is still that, hey, anyone going solo? Yeah. Um, a girl called Cara started it, mm-hmm. so she's – They've been talking in there. They're arranging things. So go in there. And if you don't want to socialise with anyone, just come by yourself and sit up the back. Yeah, fuck it. You don't have to talk to anyone. I'm down with that attitude too. Be fucking rude. Sit there with your headphones on until we start. Come and talk sleep. Talk to no one. Just buy a ticket, <laughs> come and sleep. Come for a rest. Because then you'll be a butt on a seat and I'll feel good about yeah. myself. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the mysteries will be zesty. Yeah, because it's, it's a be live fun. show. We're not. We're, we've picked fun. Yeah, mysteries. They're not bleak. Not bleak. I can't even remember if anyone dies in mine. Maybe, but I'm telling you, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally fine. People <laughs> definitely die in mine, but like in a fun way. <laughs> it's fun death. It's fun death, guys. They're fun death. It's really fun. I've been saving it for the live show. <laughs> oh, fuck. Because I knew it would be fun. I'm just like so scared about what you think is fun. Yeah. I'm just worried. I'm like, I'm going to do a rehash of Mr. Cruel. You're, you're like, like, this is not fun. It's fun. You're like, it's abort mission. It's like, fun's not the word. Fun's not the word. No, this is, okay. No, this, wouldn't, this Josie would never fun. call something like that fun. It's not fun. I've now backed Mine's fun. Mine's not fun. I'm going to happily say the murder in mine is fun. Mine's <laughs> weird. That's what I'm going to say. It's yeah, weird. Okay, weird. And more zesty than this one. Wait, did we check off our things with each other? Because. Yeah, I've already told okay, you. Okay, good. I got too scared. Anyway, whatever. We're blabbing <laughs> on. You don't even want to listen to this. This is yeah, dumb shit. We're just, just saying shit boring. now. Um, I will say, because mm. I forgot to say it in Mystery Minutes. <laughs> yes. Um, about all the fucking crime stuff on Nine oh, now. Oh, yes. Yes. So these people from Nine came to talk to us. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, um, we've got all this reality stuff coming on the Nine now, which is their streaming on demand. Yeah service and we're like cool and then they're like we've got all these crime documentaries and we're both like we love crime yeah we <laughs> love like, murder they're like 
okay. But it's fucking sick. On Sunday, so this is Tuesday now, so yeah. it's been there for a few days. 13, I counted them. I wrote a story oh about them God. on today. That's what your whole weekend Friday? gone. So there's 13 crime docos and there's things like, I actually wrote in the article, listen, big name shit in here. And then I was like, that's kind of inappropriate. So I changed the wording to just big name stuff. But in here we'll say big name shit. Big name shit, Golden State Killer, R. Kelly, mm. Charles Manson, mm. James Bolger, you know, the little toddler oh, was yeah. killed, Lacey Peterson, the Menendez brothers. Mm. There's um this show called Abused by My Girlfriend. Yes, I've heard about that. Where this guy was like beaten so badly and like starved it looked like or maybe he was just really skinny. Mm. I'm not sure but the police said he was like days off death and he'd been – um, domestically abused by his girlfriend. Mm. So it's an interesting case. Um, killed by my daughter is another one. Oh, man. Children who kill. Oh, God. Women who kill, I think, is another one. Children who kill, I happily stay away from that. Someone else tell me about it. I yeah. cannot deal with demon children. Um, Waco, you know, like oh. creativity and stuff. Yes, Waco is so fascinating. I feel like I've memorised them all and that's them pretty much. Good job. Um, but, yeah, it's all happening. I am going to fucking watch the shit out of the Golden State Killer mm. one because that he was arrested a year ago. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. On that note. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>